This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever, and this time it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars, new season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Welcome, everybody, to the Flagship Podcast. I am Chip Brown, Horns247.com, joined by the managing editor of Horns247, Taylor Estes. And Taylor... It is um, December 13th, Tuesday, December 13th. It's been a rough week, shall we say, um, in the in the college basketball universe of the Texas Longhorns and the college football world. We lost Mike Leach at the age of 61 uh, after a massive heart attack and um that uh has filled the airwaves and uh the you know sports centers with all kinds of unbelievable stories before we we get into all of that and texas football preparing for the alamo bowl um, against washington they got a new punter for 2023 um mike leach and i have to say um, Mike Leach once told me that he, you know, he was fired from Texas Tech. They did not pay him eight hundred thousand dollars because they fired him for cause over the the uh, Adam James lie that hmm. Adam James told it. You know, saying Leach locked him in a electrical closet when that did not happen, and and. Leach sued and he went to court and he proved that that was a lie and he sued Texas Tech to get that money. Well, in the state of Texas, you you can't sue a government agency. Uh, they have sovereign immunity. And Leach told me, I'm going to push this all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. And it would be something if that case ever made it to the U.S. Supreme Court. But um, I had uh, Greg Byrne, who's now the athletic director at Alabama, tell me when he was at Arizona, he was deciding between Mike Leach and Rich Rodriguez. And he said to Mike Leach, if I hire you, will you drop the lawsuit against Texas Tech? And Leach said, absolutely not. And so Greg Byrne hired Rich Rodriguez. And Which he told me. Went really well, right? <laughs> I should have hired Mike Leach. Yeah. <laughs> because that guy, the total outsider, Taylor, he didn't play the game. He was a lawyer. 
went to Pepperdine Law School. He was completely unconventional, totally authentic, totally original in a world of uh, cookie cutters and coach speak. He was the shooting star. I mean, mm -hmm. just will never see anything like him again. Love him or hate him. You paid attention to him. Right. Yeah. And, and he changed the game. I mean, the, if you look at his coaching tree and the, the coaches that, you know, came up from underneath him, not only did he change the game and being just such a unique kind of character, I think, and, and personality, and as you said, breath of fresh air, um, as just being a very unique individual, but his football mind was unbelievable. I mean, he, he really did change the game of football. He has molded the, helped mold the careers of some of the top head coaches now in both the NFL and at the college level. I mean, the, you, you can go down a list. I mean, and I feel like everybody has touched Mike, Mike Leach's coaching tree at some point. Um, you know, I, I read the book, swing your sword. And, uh, when you read that book, you get really a, a, a very in-depth insight into how his mind kind of worked. And some of it was like, this is absolutely certifiably insane, but it's just who he was. And, you know, this is a, a really sad day. And, um, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to the Leach family, uh, the Mississippi State football family in the community out there. And, um, you know, I saw our uh, Mississippi State site, Robbie Falk, he posted a picture of Mike Leach um, at a local Mississippi uh, a restaurant, like near the campus there. And, you know, he, he basically commented about how Mike Leach became Mississippi and he from a, for a guy that never is from the area going to a really really small area in Starkville Mississippi he just really embraced it all and was just a beloved you know figure out there and so um absolutely tragic you hate when these type of things happen but there's no doubt that he has left a lasting impact on college football now and for the future yeah and just go to YouTube and um have at it you'll you'll find the 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 uh the play sheet caper the cotton bowl caper where he had a oklahoma player when he was the offensive coordinator for oklahoma in 1999 he drew up a fake play sheet had a player drop it in the tunnel tom herman was the ga who found it took it to bull reese bull reese formulates his defensive game plan based on this this play sheet and Oklahoma basically did the exact opposite of everything on that play sheet and got up 17 to nothing. Bull Reese finally was like, this is BS. He crinkles up the play sheet, throws it away. Texas comes back to win it, but it worked. Right. I mean, and who does that? Like Tom Herman said, you, you, do, you think it's real because who would take the time to draw up a fake play sheet? Right. Mike Leach. Mike yeah. Leach. And he almost pulled it off. And he, you know, talked about oh, Texas A&M's band and how they are in uniform and they have bayonets and how they're not soldiers. Like he's like, they're not soldiers. They're they, they're like toy soldiers. They dress up like soldiers. But just because I dress up like a pirate doesn't mean I'm a pirate. <laughs> and then the whole pirate thing took off. And and so yeah, I. I, I'm going to miss him. He was a, a frequent guest on uh, radio shows I hosted. He always came through, 
don't call him before 10 a.m. because he's a <laughs> late night guy and he sleeps in. But um, you know, he 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 won his last game in over Ole Miss against a coach who just got a big contract extension and raise and um no one you know everyone wondered could mike leach go to the sec and win games he went eight and five this year and unbelievable lineage you're right i mean top of his tree is lincoln riley who's mm -hmm. the top of the game in offense so and it's very uh, too the, yeah cliff yep you know, no doubt and it's uh it's formidable all right taylor um, let's, uh, let's do a, a bad news, good news, um, sitch here. We'll, we'll get the Chris Beard, uh, news and reacts out of the way. Obviously Monday was a stunner. I mean, a stunner. Um, we all wake up, uh, to a message board post on our horns, 24 seven message board with the, uh, Travis County. Uh, jail inmate search uh, revealing that um, Christopher Michael Beard, age 49, is in the Travis County Jail for a third degree felony assault. Um, you know, smothering, strangling a, uh, a family female uh, member of his household. A charge for that. Charge, right? He's charged with that third degree felony assault, and it just. Uh, Kind of goes from there and by the end of the day he's suspended without pay uh indefinitely uh, until further notice was the actual term in the press release rodney terry uh, beard's associate head coach is named acting head coach and then the team has to take the floor mm. monday night less than 12 hours after learning their head coach was in jail they had to go out and play against rice. And, um, I wrote about this and it was surreal. The, the arena, the feel, the, uh, everything looked the same, but nothing felt the same. And the players sure didn't look the same and understandably. So they just had their college basketball worlds turned upside down and had to go out and play. And it, oddly enough, Taylor, the crowd sort of lifted them. You know, the energy was weird the whole night, but Texas trailed Rice consistently throughout this game. And it gets down to a couple minutes left and the crowd really got loud for the players and kind of lifted them, pushed them to 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 get that game into overtime. And then the Texas players really uh, pulled away in OT and they beat Rice 87-81 uh, in overtime. But um you know, players were not made available after the game. Rodney Terry, I said, has this shaken your faith in Chris Beard? He said, I love Beard like a brother. And, and you know, the sense I get from talking to Texas officials behind the scenes is that they're going to let the legal process play out. There is not going to be a rush to judgment. Um, we did hear from Beard's attorney, Perry Minton, not quite sure how he's speaking on behalf of the complainant, but he said that, um, you know, the complainant wants all charges dropped and for Beard to be released and nothing, you know, he never should have been ar arrested. He's 100% innocent. Uh, we'll see. We'll see about all of that. But right now, uh, these players and the, you know, obviously our prayers go out to everyone involved in this, uh, this scenario, the complainant, Beard, 
there's obviously a massive disconnect here. Um, but these players too, Taylor, some of them transferred and, you know, the freshmen, Dylan Mitchell, Arterio Morris, five-star players came here for beard, could have gone anywhere, came here for beard. And now, uh, everything's in total limbo. Yeah. And it was, you know, shocking. And I, I feel for the players a lot too, you know, with them going through that and then still having to play a game and have an interim head coach and, you know, their, their head coach was not even released from jail. I think only what, like three hours or so before they had to take the court. Um, Texas did end up getting a win against rice. Um, and yeah, I think, I think you were right. You know, in overtime, I think that they weren't themselves and that's understandable, you know, and it's a, it's a tragic situation. I, um, I try, we will always try never to speculate when it comes to any type of instances like this, especially when it is involving charges, um, you know, that, that do involve domestic violence, but, um, it's, it's, it was shocking. Yesterday was a surreal day. And, uh, if you did not read chips, um, his post game, excuse me, article on the, you know, just kind of the emotions of the Texas basketball team, definitely go over the horns 24 seven. It's a, one of the free stories that we do have out there, but I feel like you did a really good job of just kind of expressing, you know, the, the empathy for all parties involved right now, Chip. And, um, you know, it's, it's a tragic situation. It's going to be an ongoing situation and, you know, you got to let the legal process play out with these type of things. It sounds like from what you're saying, you know, with people you've talked to, that's what Texas is planning on doing at this point, but it doesn't erase how, how, you know, sad of an overall situation is for all parties involved. Yeah. And it's sort of unprecedented to have a coach at the top of his game um, in any sport, um, in you know American sports that I know of. I mean, Chris Beard at his dream school, a UT graduate, has a roster he really believes in. Maybe one of the best, well, definitely one of the best backcourts in the country, getting uh, Tyrese Hunter, the Big 12 Freshman of the Year, who led an Iowa State program that was, you know, had a losing season the, the previous year to the Sweet 16 last year. Mm -hmm. um, had a game where he hit seven three-pointers, decides to transfer to Texas because of his belief in Beard and the team that was here. And so uh, this is really, really sad. I mean, these... The, these allegations are going to negatively affect everyone involved. And you just hope that everyone in this situation uh, somehow gets better from it. I don't know. It, saying that right now sounds ludicrous, but uh, especially when, again, Chris Beard, who is so single-minded about trying to build this uh, Texas basketball program into the program that uh, it needs to be with a new arena, everything to now have all of that in total limbo is just stunning. And, and so, um, you know, again, we'll wait for more information, more developments right now. You have, uh, an arrest warrant an arrest affidavit with the allegations from the complainant. We haven't heard from Chris Beard and, um, so we'll wait, we'll wait to see what develops here, but this is, 
uh, crushing. It's crushing news. It's stunning. It's, um, you know, a lot of, uh, for these players, it's just like, are you kidding me? And, and so, you know, Rodney Terry, the acting head coach said, these players have earned a day off on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to, he said to mentally and physically recharge. And after that day yesterday, man, you wanted to say, man, take the rest of the week off. But Texas <laughs> plays Stanford in Dallas in a game that is one of the feature non-conference games for Texas this season. And these players have to have to keep going. And Rodney Terry and this Texas coaching staff have a really, really tough job ahead of them. But Rodney Terry's got 10 years of head coaching experience. He's um, he's obviously, he knows what beard wants and, and we'll see if, if that message can get through, but, um, and then on Tuesday, the women's basketball team learns that Aliyah Moore, their star sophomore has a torn ACL and is done for the year. This after Rory Harmon started the year with that foot injury and missed games and Texas lost games. This is shaping up to be one of those seasons for Vic Schaefer and the Texas women's basketball team in terms of injuries. It's uh, uh, tough. Um, but Taylor, Texas football, Texas football. We have a punter. <laughs> there is a new punter, at least committed uh, to coming. Well, he's a, he's a grad transfer. Ryan Sanborn from Stanford. So Daniel Trejo, who, who, John Banks, we always talk about the crazy wisdom of special teams coordinator, John Banks. Jeff Banks. Jeff oh, Banks. <laughs> I used to work for a guy named John Banks. Um, <laughs> Jeff Banks, he finds these special teams assassins under rocks. And he brought in Daniel Treo from Texas Wesleyan last year. And Treo did fine but his eligibility is, is up. So in comes Ryan Sanborn, who had over uh, a 40 yard average. Um, so Texas, at least, uh, and Isaac Pearson, their pro kick Australia uh, punter who had been on scholarship is in the portal. So uh, Texas, bringing in uh, Ryan Sanborn, the punter, to go along with Bert Auburn and Will Stone, Taylor. Yeah, and this is a good get. I mean, if you can, obviously, with Daniel Trejo moving on, I feel like he was a well, he was pretty late addition, but obviously came through big time for Texas. Um, and then, you know, the departure of Isaac Pearson obviously leaves kind of a gaping hole right now of unproven um, position. And so punting is really crucial. I mean, special teams for Texas this past year was pretty good. And, um, you know, Jeff Banks, not John Banks, <laughs> Jeff Banks, <Yep>. is, Banks. <laughs> I mean, he's, you know, he's one of the top special team uh, coordinators in college football, very well respected with that, with him also, you know, being a former specialist at Washington state there, but yeah, this is a, this is a, a good get. And I'm now, I mean, all lives right now, I feel like are on the transfer portal, both with the players from Texas who have entered the transfer portal and those that they're going to be going after. 
Um, you know, I think that there's uh, several positions that Texas is going to want to try to fill um, some depth for in the transfer portal. And, um, you know, if you're not a member of Horns 24-7, now is definitely the time to do it because we will keep all of that coverage, um, both with early signing period next, which is, I believe, next it's next Wednesday, right? Yeah, a week from Wednesday. Um, and then also the transfer portal season. So uh, we have a 50% off annual special right now at Horns 24-7. And if you um, are a monthly member, you can upgrade and you can get the 50% uh, off your first year. Plus, we um, are also allowing instant access to Paramount Plus too. Normally, you don't get the free access to Paramount Plus until your promotional membership is over and renews, but this is a very uh, unique special right now. So definitely take advantage of that. You get Paramount Plus um, as long as you are a member of Horns 24-7 at no cost. So that's saving you $100. So, um, or get it for your friends too. You know, you can uh, gift a membership and it'll be one that is always uh, bringing you the latest Texas news, Chip. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. And, and definitely uh, an unbelievable offer. Uh, Paramount Plus is, um, you know, all part of our CBS family, and it's Paramount Plus is on top of its game, just like the uh, preeminent 24-7 sports network and uh, Horns 24-7. Mm-hmm. So, Taylor, as we continue our conversation about Texas football, um, if you missed our our uh, flagship podcast interview this week it's with uh dave softy Mahler, longtime radio voice on kjr in seattle who's been doing the pregame uh, halftime and post game for washington husky football games for two decades and we we you know break down this sort of out of nowhere uh, turnaround for the washington huskies when last we checked, Washington was floundering under Jimmy Lake. They were four and eight. Uh, Jimmy Lake gets fired. This is the guy, remember, who was elevated uh, to defensive coordinator uh, because Pete Kwiatkowski basically uh, agreed to step aside and let uh, Jimmy Lake call the defensive plays under Chris Peterson because. Peterson was worried they were going to lose or the school was someone was worried they were going to lose Jimmy Lake. And then it turns out he was a terrible head coach. Um, and Kwiatkowski had had enough. And so he comes to Texas. Jimmy Lake gets fired as head coach and in comes Kalen DeBoer. Kalen DeBoer. He was the offensive coordinator at Indiana in 2019 who gets the head coaching job at Fresno State. Has a couple of uh, good seasons there at Fresno State and gets the Washington job. And you'll you'll hear from listening to the flagship podcast interview with Softy Mahler that, um, you know, Washington fans were like, Kalen DeBoer. And then they were even more flummoxed when Kalen DeBoer announces that they're getting a quarterback transfer from Indiana named Michael Penix Jr., and they're like, Michael Penix Jr., this guy's been injured. He hadn't done nothing at Indiana. Well, guess what, folks? Michael Penix Jr. ended up having a Heisman finalist type of year 
and led the nation in passing yard leads. Sorry, we're still in the season. Um, leads the nation in passing yards, 66% completion rate, you know, 29 touchdowns, seven interceptions, and the guy just picks defenses apart. So, Taylor, I don't know how you felt after listening to Softy Mahler, but this is a man, this is a ambush for Texas if they're not uh dialed in, ready to go, especially defensively. Uh, you know, you got the number one quarterback pressuring defense in Texas and the nation's leader in in passing yards. That's the marquee matchup in this game, and I'm excited to see it. I, I'm more excited to see this Alamo Bowl matchup than I've probably been to see Texas's last four Alamo Bowl matchups. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, if you if you listen to that interview, you would think that Washington is untouchable or something. Now, one thing I do think context is key, right? And um, if you look at, what, I'm not trying to diminish anything that Washington's done this year. Obviously, a major turnaround to be ten and two, and um, you know basically was on the cusp of playing for a Pac-12 championship. and But they haven't played really anyone. Um, they have three wins over teams that have winning records, and that's it. Every other one that they've had, so seven other ones have come against teams without winning records. Um, I don't think they've faced a defense, especially anywhere close to what Texas has been playing at. Now, there's other things too, Chip. You know, we got a, one of the things that we're kind of currently um, – tracking right now is potential player opt-outs of the bowl game. That could obviously impact how the outcome of this goes. Um, as Chip reported earlier this week, I guess it was the last, I, I can't even, I can't believe we're recording on Tuesday and it feels like it's like Friday because Monday was such a long day, but uh, oh, yeah. you know, um, Chip yes, did report Monday that, was like two weeks. Yeah, exactly. That uh, B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson and DeMarvian Overshown are, are considering um, opting out of the bowl game. Those would be three pretty big losses. But if you, you know, if, if we're looking at records, obviously it looks like Washington is a team that's going to be hard to beat. And obviously the offense speaks for itself. Michael Penix Jr. leads college football in tons of individual passing categories and offensive um, categories too. But again, he hasn't faced a defense anywhere close, I think, to the way that the Texas defense had been playing, especially as the season wore on. So it's going to be a fascinating matchup. I totally agree with you. This is going to be um, really a fun one to watch. And there's a lot of ties, not with the, I would say the current staff per se at Washington, but, you know, Steve Sarkeesian got his first head coaching job at Washington. Pete Kwiatkowski was a longtime defensive coordinator at Washington, came to Texas to be on Sark staff. You know, there's just a lot of uh, kind of inner twine, you know, uh, ties between Texas and Washington. That seems kind of weird to say, but there really is right now. So um, it, it's going to be, it's going to be a good one. And I'm really, I think that the matchup to watch is obviously the Texas defense versus that Washington offense. Yeah. And you bring up a good point. Washington did not play USC. Mm -hmm. They did not play Utah. So they did not play the two teams who played for the, the PAC 12 championship. They, um, they beat the Oregon schools and um, the win at Oregon was probably the most impressive, but they had a real clunker in there too. They got upset at Arizona state and that was an Arizona state program that fired its coach this year. So that won three um, games. 
that won three games. So mm-hmm. you're right. It's, uh, you know, they, on paper, Michigan state coming into this year, looked like, uh, you know, after they gave a $95 million contract to, um, Michigan state's first year head coach last year, Michigan state was awful this year. And, and so it, it, the one thing I'll say is that these receivers Rome Adunze, how much, how much do you love that? Rome yeah. Adunze, um, six foot three, you know, 200, he's Isaiah Nair. Okay. And he's a thousand yard receiver. And then they have another thousand yard receiver and Jalen McMillan. So, I mean, this is going to be a fun test. It's going to, this is a kid who can move around, you know, he doesn't run, he can run, but he doesn't run. He moves in the pocket to extend uh, plays to find receivers downfield. They have a really good scramble drill. Their running back situation is, is by committee, nothing fancy, nothing special, but Wayne uh, uh, Talapapa, I love that, Talapapa, uh, is a beast. You know, he's kind of like a John um, Abraham, Jalen Warren type from, you know, last year's Big 12. And, you know, he pounds his way 6.2 yards. He's got 10, um, 10 rushing touchdowns. And then uh, Cameron Davis, their sophomore running back, um, averages 4.9 a carry, has 13 rushing touchdowns. So they can get it done on the ground. Uh, they throw the ball to set up the run, which is going to be interesting for, for Texas. Um, and then, you know, defensively, Washington's only given up 3.5 yards per carry on the ground. Now they will get beat. Uh, in the passing game. And that's where Quinn Ewers, come on down. Quinn Ewers, baby. This is your time to build that confidence back, walk out there with some swag and pretend you're playing Alabama or Oklahoma again because Washington doesn't play three high safety. He should get a good look at this Washington defense. And and I think Texas – um, is going to need to run the football, Taylor. I mean, they, that's the other thing. We've, we've seen Texas get itself into pickles by trying to throw the ball too much against teams that they could beat running the football. So my fear is Sark is going to look at the numbers and say, oh, they're only, man, they're good against the run. Man, they're uh, 3.5 a carry, man. We got to throw it. We got to throw it all over the place. So if that's the case, then uh, Texas is going to need Quinn Ewers to uh, co- show up on December 29th at eight o'clock in the Alamo dome with a fresh outlook on life and, and, uh, and be able to spin that pig and, and move this offense because uh, I think this is going to be a fun, I think it's gonna be a fun showdown. Yeah, I think so too. And, and even if Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson end up, opting out of playing in the bowl game. They have not announced it um, themselves, but we had heard that from a number of sources. Honestly, late in the season, we kind of heard it too. But, um, you know, this is going to be a great – this is what I hope, Chip. I hope that Sark 
gives the the young running backs a chance to really carry the load, you know, especially if those guys are not there. I mean, those are the future of the position. This is a very solid position for Texas. I mean, shoot, B. John Robinson, Texas has another Doak Walker award winner now when B. John Robinson was named, um, you know, the top running back in college football, winning the 2022 Doak Walker award. Uh, enters elite category or elite uh, status, you know, in company with uh, some of the Doak Walker award winners of the past. But this is a really good opportunity, I think, to get, you know, Jonathan Brooks, get maybe even Jaden Blue, Keelan Robinson. I mean, get them more involved in the in carrying the load for the ground game, because why not at this point? Right. I mean, the um, I think the offensive line has done a pretty good job of uh, run protection and opening up the holes that they need. And those guys, while, you know, there's a one, what was the Kansas game that Jonathan Brooks kind of went off in that one, but they haven't really gotten a, a heavy load of carries. And so that's what I would like to see. You know, um, I know Washington is, I think they're 33rd in the country and in, in run defense, but still, I mean, these are the, fu- this is the future of the position and they've never really had the opportunity to be the go-to back. This could provide them an opportunity to do that. And I think that's a really important, you know, growth and uh, experience that they can gain in a bowl game, you know, before and not have to do it just starting a whole season, you know, they can kind of just get their feet wet and then prepare the off season to be the the guy. So it's going to be fascinating for sure. But um, yeah, I think, I don't know. I, how do you feel about it? I mean, do you think that this is a, a bad matchup for Texas? I don't think it's a bad matchup. I think, um, I mean, not having to Marvin Overshone and Bijan and Roshan, uh, is going to be a jolt to the system, but they're, I mean, Texas, those, those kids are not practicing. So the Texas uh, football team who had a couple practices last week, and now they're um, taking a little time off while the coaches finish recruiting and players take finals. Uh, they'll have, you know, they haven't really gotten into the game plan portion of practices yet. Remember the first part of bowl practices are going to be sort of a, like a training camp, you know, fundamentals, young guys getting, getting a chance to, to show what they've got. And then, you know, this team should be ready to go. And um, I, I expect Texas to, to be on point here. Um, But Steve Sarkeesian, you know, Tom Herman spoiled Texas fans. He went 4-0 in bowl games. Um, Steve Sarkeesian, we don't know what he's like in bowl games. It's been a minute. He hasn't been to a bowl game since 2014. Yeah, when he was so, USC. at USC, his first year at USC. So let's uh, let's see how, how Sark gets him ready. Um, all right, Taylor, you ready for some love it or leave it? I am. Before we get to love it or leave it, we're going to take a really short break, but stay tuned because we have plenty more Texas football and some basketball talk coming up. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Chip, you ready for my first love it or leave it? I'm ready. I'm ready. 
All right. Love it or leave it. Because of the Chris Beard suspension, the ceiling for this year's Texas Hoops team just went from the Final Four to the Sweet 16. Uh, um, okay. You know what? I'm going to, as you ask me that question, I'm immediately thinking glass half full. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking back to Michigan in 1989 when Bo Schembechler uh, fired Bill Frieder, who said he was taking the Arizona State job. And Michigan had a, an assistant coach uh, named Steve Fisher, who led them to the national championship. That was a, that was a veteran team. Texas is a veteran team. So I think there will be an adjustment period. It's going to be rough. I mean, I give Rodney Terry credit. He said, it's not going to be easy. This is not going to be easy. And the players are going to have to decide, you know, how they're going to proceed. If they're feeling sorry for themselves and they're mad, uh, this will not go well. If they rally around each other and decide, hey, man, we've beaten Gonzaga. We've beaten Creighton we know what we can do and they start building, then I think the ceiling can be higher than the sweet 16 uh, for this Texas team. It's all about matchups. Last year, Texas got a terrible matchup in the NCAA tournament. They ran into a super big Purdue team. Texas doesn't have a lot of size inside. They're super athletic. They put pressure on your guards. They get you to turn it over and then they score off the turnovers. Uh, So I'm going to leave this Taylor. I'm going to, I'm going to go glass half full uh, for the moment until I'm proven otherwise. How about you? Yeah, I think I think it's too early to kind of say the sky is falling or the ceiling is falling in this one. You know, I think that um, obviously the Rice game, what you know, went into overtime. I, I get it, but it was such a whirlwind day, and just you know, the fact that they were able to pull off a win, regardless of how it happened, is is a good sign um, of at least hopefully that the team is together, you know, in the, or for right now. Um, And I want to blame them if they lost that game, honestly, after how all of that played out on Monday. So um, I think it's too soon to go to the doomsday scenarios. Um, I think, you know, well, the legal system's got to play out, but the maturity on the team, I think is going to come in in handy and it's going to be crucial. And as long as the guys are willing to take charge of that and, and step up and, you know, keep the noise, the outside noise out of the locker room and uh, be a team, then the talent, you know, speaks for itself. So I think I'm going to also leave it. I I'm not going to start, you know, going to, Oh, Texas basketball is going to be, you know, falling off this year um, at this point. We'll see how it goes though, you know, in the coming weeks. So. Yeah. All right. Number two. My second one is love it or leave it. The player who has the most to gain from the Longhorns bowl practices is Quinn Ewers. You know what? Yes. I'm going to love this. Um, I've been talking about how Ewers, you know, the last five games were tough. I think his confidence took a hit. Um, That Oklahoma state game sort of was like, whoa, man, I've never had a game like this where I'm 19 of 49. I'm throwing three interceptions and I'm, I'm, I'm the problem. And, and I, I think he's, he showed glimpses that uh, first half of the Kansas state game. I thought he was fantastic. Uh, and, but 
then there were other times when it was it was choppy he what 50 percent completion rate the last five games um five touchdowns four interceptions eight sacks so yeah i mean quinn ewers needs to and steve sarkeesian and aj Milwe need to help him they need to guide him through this process and realize this is not a guy with a ton of even high school experience yes he's gifted he's got all the tools but even quinn ewers said his footwork was not good toward the end of the season regular season so yeah i think quinn ewers does have a lot to gain here and hopefully he's on a mission to show everybody himself his teammates the opponents uh well the opponent in this case washington that he's he's better than what uh, he showed the last five games so taylor i'm gonna i'm gonna love this how about you huh i'm kind of torn because there's no denying that quinn ewers you know has a lot to gain from these bowl practices but I kind of want to leave it and go with, you know, Jonathan Brooks and Jaden Blue in the running back room. I mean, they, they've they just been, you know, third string or, or lower when um, you look at the, you know, the running back totem pole. And they now will have the opportunity to be the, the go-to workhorse uh, in the ground game. And I think, you know, obviously with Quinn Ewer's struggles, you want to have a solid running game. If the quarterback is what the one thing that quarterbacks love especially if they're struggling is a, you know, a solid running game that they can trust and rely on um, to kind of pull them through the, the ups and downs there. So I'm, I'm going to leave it. I think and I'm going to say it's not necessarily one guy in the running back room. I would just say the running backs in general that are the, the younger guys that have been behind Roshan Johnson and Bijan Robson. I think that this will give them quality opportunity um, just to kind of start preparing like a pro because they're preparing like a starter. They have not really had to prepare like a starter so far in their career. So um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the the running backs there. Yeah, no, I think that's a great, I think it's a great call. Um, okay. Love it or leave it. Number three. All right. Final one is love it or leave it. When we record the flagship podcast next week, Texas will be volleyball national champions. Ooh, little uh, volleyball wrinkle here. <laughs> and I, I did go to the elite eight, um, game against Ohio State unbelievable atmosphere and I I'm so impressed with this team Logan Eggleston three-time Big 12 player of the year coming back for her COVID fifth year same with Asia O'Neal who of course her dad um longtime NBA you know seven foot center Jermaine O'Neal uh, she went through open heart, her second open heart surgery during her time at Texas. She's back for her fifth year. Then they bring in Madison Skinner, who was on the Kentucky team that beat Texas for the national championship in 2021. And Jared Elliott brings in the player to me, who's made all the difference. And if Texas wins the national championship, uh, she's going to be the number one you know, storyline beneath all that firepower on offense because Jared Elliott's teams always have offense. They always have monster outside hitters and middle blockers. What they haven't had is unbelievable defense. And that's what Zoe Fleck from UCLA has given Texas. She's she's like a Cirque du Soleil performer. She's tiny, but she gets to every ball and somehow gets her forearms, you know, between the ball and the floor and keeps these 
you know, digs out one attack after another. She's she's worth the price of admission Thursday night when Texas takes on San Diego in the in the final four. Um, their 10th final four under Jared Elliott. I hope this team gets it done because I think they're special. So I'm just going with it. Taylor, I'm gonna I'm gonna love this. How about you? I am too. I, I think you know the time has come for Texas to volleyball to win the national championship. They're always right in the mix, it seems like. But this year's team just seems different in in a, in a special way. I mean, what's their record? Isn't it 23 and one or something like 26 that? 26 and one. 26 and one. Yeah. I mean, that is 27 games and you only lose one of them. That's a pretty solid uh, record. That doesn't just happen as an anomaly. I am honestly with just the, the sad and bad news that has started this week, I'm going to be a, a glass half full and say that Texas volleyball will be national champions just because I think Texas nation could really use some positive news here. I love it. I love it. Taylor, tell everyone uh, about the 50% off special before we say goodbye. Yeah. Um, for a limited time, all new annual members and current monthly members who upgrade to annual will get 50% off of their first year of Texas scoop at horns 24 seven and bonus this. And this is something that rarely if ever happens. So and that's not me like doing a sales pitch. I'm being dead honest about this. I was kind of surprised that they were allowing paramount plus to be uh, instantly available. But for this short period of time, if you do sign up or upgrade, you will be immediately eligible for instant free access to Paramount Plus through your 24-7 sports membership. Um, you have to link through that. So you have to sign up first with Horns 24-7. And then from there, you uh, can uh, link your account and have free access to all of the shows on Paramount Plus. And there's quite a few. I uh, And again, not just a sales pitch because it's our parent company, but there's, there's a lot on there. So $99 value for free. So definitely want to take advantage of that while the time is still here and with you know early signing period coming up full preparation um basketball season ramping up there's so much going on this is a great time to take advantage of this 50 percent off special that's right it's football season year round at horns 24 mm -hmm. 7. all right everybody make sure that you check out the flagship podcast interview with dave softy mahler so that you get all the scoop on the washington huskies uh, as Texas prepares for that December 29th showdown against the Huskies in San Antonio. Um, and, of course, get over to Horns247.com for all the latest as we close in on signing day, transfer portal signings like Ryan Sanborn, Texas's new punter. Uh, get it all. You know what I'm saying? And thanks Official so much for visits coming up too. Official yeah, visits ramping up. Yeah. I mean, what? You got to <laughs> be at Horns 24 7. And you get VIP access to all the team sites on the preeminent 24 7 sports network. As Texas gets ready to go to the SEC, you want to be reading about, you know, AM and LSU and Georgia and Alabama, all that stuff. So just do it. Just do it. <laughs> Thank us later. And uh, we thank you for listening to this episode of the Flagship Podcast. Till next time, we'll see you over at Horns247.com. For Taylor Estes, I am Chip Brown. Happy holidays and stay safe and keep the faith.